Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Okay, KQED's Tanya Mosley, so you're on a Google bus. Where are you heading? We're in Mountain View, so just a few blocks away from Google headquarters. We're headed to the Women Tech Makers Mixer. It's part of the Google Developer Conference. This bus is packed full of women who work in tech. That's why I hopped on this bus to go to this mixer, because I wanted to get a first-hand account of what their lives are like. A lot of the times you hear stories about how badly women are treated in the tech industry, how hard it is, how few of them there are. Today, we're going to hear from two women of color who work in tech who are navigating a field that doesn't look like them. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. We get off the bus, we head into uh, this outdoor party, and there's a long line. Tanya Mosley is KQBD's Silicon Valley bureau chief. It's uh, basically like a large uh, plot of land that they converted into a pop-up party. So there's actually fake grass on the ground. There are tables and lots of food, lots of drinks, a DJ there. It's filled with women who work in tech, so there's no men there. What else did you notice? I noticed that um, the majority of the women were white or Asian. There were only a handful of black women, and all of those women I saw sort of connecting with each other. I'm not sure, okay. but you are women of color. Correct. Yes. <laughs> we noticed that. <laughs> I bumped into two women who were laughing and talking, and they just seemed to really be enjoying themselves, and so I headed right their way to, to talk more with them. This conversation is So who were these two women? One of the women, her name was Reba, and she actually lives in Tampa, Florida. I'm a front-end web developer. And then Naoboshi, she is from Washington, D.C. I am a solutions architect. It wasn't until I started talking with them that I realized they had just met each other 10 minutes before. (laughs) How long have these women been working in tech? Both of the women I met had been working in tech for quite a while. 20 plus years? No. Yes. Black don't crack for real. (laughs) And it actually started for them way back in high school. Summer camp was the only way to get out of my parents' house, right? And so I started in ninth grade. (laughs) I know more tech companies have been publicly showing demographic information, which has been really eye-opening over the last few years. I think last year, Google uh, showed that 31% of employees were women, and even fewer were were black women. Yeah, it's really small. So we're talking 2%, 3%. Do you ever feel discouraged, though, by the numbers? Like, Absolutely. Mean, you guys are lonely up there. Yeah. I, 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 I feel yeah. discouraged. I mean, not even just by the numbers. Sometimes it's just by your own experience, right? You know? And what... 
which is what, what contributes to the numbers. Naoboshi was talking in detail about some of the issues around retainment of women of color in tech. And she said ultimately what it comes to is this thing that she describes. Uh, I saw a sign the other day that says, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And what I've noticed in my diversity and inclusion experience is, yeah, culture is what's um, destroying a lot of the internal efforts. Basically what she was saying is, all of these companies have the initial strategy, right? They're going to have all these diversity recruitment efforts. They're going to go to maybe historically black colleges to recruit for uh, black people or have these camps for uh, kids of color. But ultimately, the culture within the organization uh, determines whether or not your recruitment efforts work. And so if that's not working, then it's going to eat that strategy essentially. Hmm. So Tim Cook with Apple often says, when we have minority candidates come through, I know that they are probably more qualified than the average candidate because of the sheer amount of adversity that they had to overcome. Right, as long as your code works yeah, and my code, your apps work, right? My stuff has to work. It has to work. It right? has to work. Right? <laughs> In fact, you might be correcting other people's stuff, but yours needs to be fine, right? Mine has to work. And I think once people know that they can rely on you for a worthwhile product um, and worthwhile output, then that sort of removes the quote-unquote stigma. You know, I was never the, oh, that's the girl. It was like, oh, we have this awesome person, and did you know she happens to be a black female? Did you get a sense for, like, what role either of these women feel they play? play in, in either their own company or just in the bigger conversation about diversifying in tech? I decided that I need to be the one to create the diversity. Reba talked very specifically about she sees herself as not just a mentor, but like really going out there in the world and pushing young people to say, you need to go into tech. Here are the ways you can do that. Here, let me connect you to mentors and people who can help you along the way. I can't just look to somebody else to do that. And so that's one of the things that I want to do as a, uh, or a community organizer is to foster that. I want them to, I want to represent because representation matters. I want them to see people of color doing this and then pull them in. So I want to be the change. Reba talked very specifically about um, not necessarily the pressure of being the one to always speak on these issues, but these feelings of imposter syndrome. Um, you always want to project that you know what you're talking about and you don't want to show that you're not as confident as you are. And so I think that that hits, I want to say black people more than I would say that it hits white people. So kind of talk, have those conversations and talk about that and help people and pull them in and that's what I want to do. We all face that. We all have those issues. Anyone have that conversation? Reba talked about um, her team. She's the only woman and the only black person on her team of all men who are white and Asian. I will tell you a story, and this happened the other day. And um, uh, I was at work, and I was talking to a male coworker, right? And we were walking, and I was using hand gestures. Like, I don't know why you would say that, right? And another coworker from across the room walked up to us, but like we were passing him, right? And he came up and he like did the same gesture, but it was 
it was it was worse. <laughs> yes, yes, it had a connotation to it when he did it. And I just kept walking like, it's Tuesday, it's so-and-so, you know. And my coworker, the guy, he was like, did you see that? And I said, yeah, I saw it. He does that. And he's like, no, that's not right. And he stepped, well, he didn't go back to him because I stopped him. But he was going to step in and say something about it. And so it's something that I don't even notice anymore, you know, because I'm so used to it, unfortunately. There are so many things that happen in the course of a day. When you're just trying to survive and make it through and do the best that you can, sometimes you have to block out things. And so this underscored for her the need to have allies in a space. We're often talking about managers and leaders being the force for change to change culture, but that allies within those spaces also play just as big of a role in um, creating a climate where minorities and women feel welcome. By the end of the night, um, I could see that they were still connected at the hip. <laughs> I learned so much about you, this is so awesome. And talking about how they probably will connect with each other even after this conference. What do you think is something that you took away from this that maybe you didn't know before? I walked away really getting a sense that they believe in what they do and they believe in the industry. And I actually thought about it later as I'm moving through this space and reporting on these issues to think of the uh, tech workers as individuals and not as this collective bubble that we often think of them as, but each one having a real pride by and large for the work that they do and the space that they uh, hold up within those industries. Tanya, thank you so much for bringing this conversation to us. Thank you for having me. There's a big building behind the Safeway on Market Street in San Francisco. There is some security around it, and it kind of reminds me of, like, a castle. It's definitely a dominating building on an otherwise normal city block. This week, KQED's Bay Curious podcast takes you inside the building. You can find Bay Curious wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts.